Hi, and welcome to the 10 Minute Tiki Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Westcott. Episode 58 Three Must Read Educational Books starts now. And welcome to this week's episode of the 10 Minute Tiki. I thought I'd do a little something different today. I was sitting in my office, I looked over at my bookshelf, and I thought, I have three books on my bookshelf (laughs) that had such a profound impact on me as an educator and kind of rippled out into other areas of my life. So I thought I would share a quick overview of these three books that really did have a big impact on me and perhaps may inspire you to have a little read as well. I know, I know, the last thing you want to do sometimes when you get home from work is to then read a book about work or that will impact your work. Some people love it. Some people would way rather read um, something more, I guess, entertaining or watch TV. Totally cool. But if you are looking for something to kind of, I don't know, make you a little bit more reflective on what you're doing or change your thinking or enhance your thinking, I'm going to dive into three books today. The first one is called Disobedient Teaching by Welby Ings. Welby Ings, he's a New Zealander. And I saw him speak in 2018 and he was he was so dynamic and a bit cheeky and it kind of resonated with me in that way. Um, the book is just full of really super relatable stories because it's from the New Zealand coalface, which I absolutely love. Um, and it sort of talks about positive disobedience so the way that it's a it's a way of I guess teachers surviving in a very structured assessment driven world in our education system that we're in. I've got a couple of quotes from the book that I really want to read out just to give you a bit of a sense of the book. Um, Profound teaching, transformative teaching does not draw its essence from curriculum structure or tools of dissemination or planning, marking objectives, but from the quality of a human being. Despite the rhetoric of accountability, it is the nature of humanity that lies at the center of transformative learning and teaching. If you want human beings to function well, you have to give them space to do so. You have to trust them in their authenticity. And I love that because I think So much of our identity as educators is tied up with being an educator. We take everything really personally. Um, Well, I know I do, and and it's um, yeah, it's 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 really not an impersonal role. Our personal values, beliefs, and attitudes are completely locked up with that. And you know, you're in the classroom, and everything, you know, your your kids see everything. Um, And as much as we try and mask it, sometimes that vulnerability um, allows them to be vulnerable as well. So. That kind of just reminds us that it's okay to be your authentic self in the classroom for sure. And he says, question bravely and constructively, stand up for ideas, be tenacious, take courage, disobey. To do this, you have to believe in yourself, really believe in yourself. You are your own source of power to make things better. You are the font of tenacity and wonder, the wellspring of ideas and the origin of strength. Never, never let people convince you otherwise. And I love that because I think a lot of our day-to-day work relies on us coming to the classroom 
with that sense as well. So overall, it's quite an easy read. Um, it's inspiring and it, yeah, it just reminds us that we really are doing the best we can and it's okay to listen to your inner teacher instinct, shut your doors and just do what is best for you and your kids. The second book I wanted to talk about was called is called Disruptive Classroom Technologies, a Framework for Innovation in Education by Sunny Magana. And this is much more of a techie kind of book. Um, I came across the T3 framework, which is kind of the main framework in this book, um, at the Google Innovator in Sydney uh, a couple of years ago. And it resonated with me as sort of an alternative to the SAMR model. I think the SAMR model has been around for a, for a while, it feels, and it sort of feels like the go-to framework and that there's sort of not a lot of alternative frameworks out there when it comes to integrating technologies in, in our teaching and learning. And when I saw this one, this really resonated with me in a sort of different way to the SAMR model because for me what it does is it really – the SAMR model sort of says one – is better than the other, whereas um, one level of the SAMR model is better, whereas with the T3 network, it sort of says that they actually are all important um, and right from like consumption and automation, which is sort of the baseline starting point. And, and in order to get up to, say, the transcendent uh, technology integration, such as social entre entrepreneurship or inquiry design, we actually have to do those other bits as well. Um, and they're not like mutually exclusive or better than each other. So I'm going to go into a couple of examples from this book. So a really quick overview of the T3 model. There are three stages of the T3 model. One is translational, which is basically students using technologies to do digitally what they, which they once could do with analog tools. And there's automation and consumption in there. They add value, but the value that they add is comparatively low. So that's something like um, being able to type on a Google Doc. Um, it would be uh, being able to consume media by reading something online, um, which previously we could read in a book. They add value, but the next la layer to that is stage two, which is transformational technology use. And this is basically the task itself um, and, and the student are engaged in a task that basically is changed, substantially changed by the use of technology. And here we have two stages, production and contribution. So even something like Seesaw, being able to contribute and produce something on Seesaw and then share it with your Fano is is in this stage. And the third stage is transcendent, um, which really pushes the limits of, of anything we could possibly do before in an educational setting. So uh, the two parts of that are inquiry design and social entrepreneurship. They add the highest value, and this is about going above and beyond what already exists inside our four walls of our classroom so what we can use technology to do to really push the boundaries of connection collaboration and creation this book is definitely well researched it's got a lot of research in it it refers to a lot of um, other sources and it's 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 a little heavier than say um, disobedient teaching but it does it's a really robust um, book. It's got a lot in it. It's got examples, which is really great. It goes through each of the stages. It provides um, questions for you to sort of, I guess, reflect on your educational technology use. It gives you some tools 
and some costs. It's it's yeah. I mean, unfortunately, anything written in a book these days, especially about technology, dates quite fast. But I think the pedagogy behind it and the sort of concepts that sit behind it um, will not date for a while when we're thinking about using technology and. You know, we've got teachers that are still at the start of that beginning of that journey, and that's fine. So this is a really, really cool way to kind of start thinking about how you might use technology, but from a kind of really research-driven framework style rather than a bit willy-nilly. Um, I've got some great examples of exa- like of, of the T3 network and sort of a New Zealand educational coalface uh, in the show notes if you want to check out what that actually looks like in practice as well. And the last book I wanted to talk about is called Leadership Material by Diana Jones. It's not specifically educational uh, leadership, but it has it's just absolutely full of leadership gold. I remember buying this in the airport when I was off to work in a school and I thought I'd just got my role at Digital Circus as a team leader and I thought, you know, I must read up on some leadership. I'm just a little young thing that hasn't done much leadership and I really want to nail it and <laughs> um, the overachiever in me, right? But it gave me some really cool things to consider. And I mean, leadership, like anything actually in life, you've just got to experience it, make mistakes, do all of that sort of thing. But I think, you know, having a couple of ideas or tools in your toolkit when you go into something new or a new role is, um, you know, comes to fruition. And when when that, that I guess, um, just in time learning happens on the job, you can kind of be a bit more reflective if you've got some of that vocab or some of that languaging with you. So I'll give you a couple of highlights from this book. I think the first thing that really struck me was how important it is to know yourself and some of your default behaviors. Um, Sounds a little bit deep, but I guess realizing what your default behaviors have come from and your own experiences and how they've kind of developed the way that you respond um, and and how that kind of plays out in a work environment, especially in a leadership environment. Um, Yeah, it it gives you a couple of ways to reflect on that. So uh, realizing that you're not alone, um, looking at others without judgment um, and and giving having confidence and like accepting others as they are and what they bring to the table as well it is chock full of like tables and diagrams and little places that you can write and reflect on your own leadership journey uh, it's quite heavy like it's got quite a bit in there to sort of digest all at one time uh, but it's the kind of book that you could come back to in different parts for different chapters and I actually really like that being able to kind of put it down Go and do your thing and then pick it up again at another point is, is, is really nice. It's beautifully segmented and chaptered. So highly recommend checking that one out. Sweet. Well, that's it for this week, folks. Hope there was something in there that maybe inspired you to pick up one of those books and have a little read, maybe over the holidays. It is week 10 here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Yay. Only three days left now of this term and we are on holiday so I hope you find some lovely time for you these holidays and uh, looking forward to the sunshiny summer term that is everything but that comes with term four I'll be back in week one with another episode of the 10 minute tiki so we'll see you then take care ngā mahi